Let Me Google That is sponsored by Water Cooler Trivia. And I am really excited about this because I'm actually able to have like a pre-roll ad that is something that I know about and like and really feel like will be a huge hit with people who listen to this show because we are all people who got the weird factoid books at the elementary school book fair and we never miss an episode of Jeopardy and we love the old Reddit TILs. That combined with the sort of changing work situation for a lot of us in 2014 with companies going hybrid or remote and I don't know about you but I've definitely felt like there are just people that I don't feel connected with at all other than just messaging them on Slack and there isn't really a way to kind of connect to them the way that you used to connect when you were in an office and you could kind of have a casual conversation with somebody in the elevator or when they pass by your desk or like by the water cooler. So that is where if you want a trivia quiz that is only about like warehouse conveyor systems or owls or 90s pop culture, that is exactly what you are going to get. Go on and say hello at watercoolertrivia.com. Check it out, give it a try, and tell Eli and the team. So one of the many odd jobs that I had in my life was one summer I worked as a meter reader for the electric company. And now I think most of these meters are remote, like they're read just by computers and Wi-Fi or better, cellular data whatever they're red and they don't require a person actually going and looking at it and recording it but that's a pretty recent development because within the last like 10 years people were still doing that for a job and I did it one summer it was not a terrible job it was a hard job because it involved a lot of traipsing through the woods as it would in Maine but it paid pretty well especially for like a young person who just wanted to make a lot of money so that uh, she could go to college anyway so I basically spent that summer out in the middle of the woods by myself armed with nothing but my LL Bean khakis and a pretty decent windbreaker and this handheld device that I would record the readings on the meters with that looked like a Star Trek gadget. Uh, and one of the things that other readers would do for each other because we all would like share these devices depending on who was doing what route on one day is that you would leave notes. And it was basically like how you used to write on calculators. I mean, it kind of looked like that. They were just really brief notes, but it would be like sometimes things like warnings about the terrain like you will get your truck stuck here if you try to go down that driveway or more often than not it would be a warning about animals in the area and it was Maine so there were plenty of Snow White style encounters like me romping through a field and there are squirrels all around me but usually it was actually warnings about people's dogs <laughs> now we were also armed with dog treats and usually that worked but for one or two dogs in particular nothing would suffice other than the blood of the truly frightened and there was definitely one note that I should have heeded, which I did not, and it read, stay calm, the bastard can smell fear. <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, the dog did not bite me, but only because it charged me and like I ducked under my truck where I was trapped for an indeterminate amount of time because the dog was just kind of taunting me from the middle of the dirt road until the blistering summer heat finally got the best of him and he trotted off for a drink because I don't know, I guess blood was just too salty for him at that point. And then I had the opportunity to scamper back up into my truck and drive away and I did not go back to that site for like the rest of the summer. But I was thinking about this today and I specifically was like, 
I wonder if animals really can smell fear, if that is like a thing, and also can like humans smell fear? And as it turns out, the answer is kind of complex because as a sense, smell is a pretty complex function in both humans and animals, but like obviously for dogs, as you likely know, scent goes way beyond what we have in terms of like a sensory capability. The olfactory systems um, come in like different flavors or scents, I guess. <laughs> so you can smell something and recognize it and identify it like a perfume or fresh coffee or shit. <laughs> and as you breathe in those molecules, the receptors in your nose grab them and then analyze them and then your brain like checks it against your personal catalog of smells to see if it's something that you know. But other than like nervous sweat or urine from having pissed your pants, uh, emotions like fear don't really have a distinct scent profile. However, in many critters, hormones, specifically pheromone molecules to be precise, can be interpreted by the other olfactory system, which is called the accessory olfactory system. And this is a slightly different place. It's kind of on the floor of your nasal cavity above the soft palate. And there is a special organ, the vomeronasal organ, that detects the pheromones, usually communicating information about territory, aggression, or reproduction. And while this is kind of what you might call the ability to smell fear, it's not something that is generally regarded as being possible between different species. It's something that can only be done within the same species. So dogs smelling fear in other dogs, humans maybe smelling fear in other humans, but it's not generally regarded as being able to be done between animals of different species. However, that does not mean that animals whether it be dogs or horses, cannot pick up on your fear in other ways. And in fact, in very general terms, dogs and other animals like horses that tend to spend a lot of time around humans become very skilled at noticing body language and interpreting it. They learn this through their regular interactions with humans, and basically, if like you are a dog's human, then they probably learn a lot from you. And then to some extent, when you're out in public, they can then start to apply it more broadly when they're encountering strangers, which really isn't all that different from what we learn to do as little tiny kids. But then there is some evidence that dogs, because of their superior snouts, may actually be able to use their olfactory sense to help make these determinations. So in one study, researchers collected sweat samples from humans as they experienced a range of different emotions, and they then presented the dogs with the samples, and then analyzed their behaviors and vital signs like their heart rate to see if they acted any differently when they were exposed to the fear sweat as opposed to like the neutral or happy sweat. So what the researchers noticed was that the dogs actually did seem to behave differently when they had smelled the fear sweat. Like their heart rates went up and they would exhibit behaviors like comfort seeking or avoidance compared to when they were just given the neutral smells in which they had neutral reactions. And dogs might actually not be the only ones. Another research team actually wondered if humans might have similar responses even if their responses are just unconscious. So in 2008, the team took sweat samples from people who were getting ready to skydive for the first time, right before they jumped out of the plane, and they were objectively scared shitless at this point. And then they took those samples back to the lab. From there, they stuck some volunteers in a brain scanner and had them inhale the scent and also like a neutral control scent. So the volunteers' brains lit up in the regions associated with fear, the amygdala and the hypothalamus, more often when they smelled the fear smell than when they just had the sort of control neutral smell and this was all like unconscious and when they were actually asked 
then to smell both samples, they couldn't tell the difference between the two consciously, which is pretty interesting. And it kind of implies that we might be able to sort of unconsciously detect fear from those pheromones, but it's not something that we're actually like doing intentionally in a way. Like we're not, and maybe we're not even necessarily perceiving it, except that we're experiencing those sort of like unconscious reactions. Actually, to me, the most interesting thing about that study was that it was funded by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which is basically like the military. The idea being that it would be groundwork for using pheromones to like psych out enemy troops. And I'm just curious, like, do you think if you're using pheromones against another military, does that make it biochemical warfare or psychological warfare? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs>